Welcome to the Work Research Revolution. I'm your host, Cara DeLunger. In this podcast, I speak to doctors, scientists, professors, and business leaders who are at the leading edge of this work research revolution and radically changing the way we work. We will be harnessing their collective insight so that we can create the catalyst that drives much needed change in the future of work around the world. Work Reset Revolution is brought to you by Softer Success. Visit www.softersuccess.com to learn how you can revolutionize your well-being plan and help eradicate burnout in your organization. So let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Work Reset Revolution. And today I'm with Dr. Stephen McGregor, who is the founder of the Leadership Academy Barcelona, author of many books, amongst them Chief Wellbeing Officer and his latest book, The Daily Reset. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you, Cara. Pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining us. So I'd like to ask you, a lot of your work focuses on work health and well-being. Can you explain a little bit more about your work and why it is important in the changing workplace? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes from my background in design. So my PhD is in design thinking and design for me is essentially looking at human needs. And, you know, I had a kind of epiphany and it's interesting because when I talk about a lot of the behavior change work with clients, I say epiphanies don't work. It has to be the daily change and the tweaks that you need. But anyway, in 2001, I was a visiting researcher at Stanford and it was a very idyllic setting. I was learning. I was pushing myself. My well-being was soaring. And I had that epiphany that the workplace was very much the opposite of that. Because I was looking at design thinking, which is about the human needs, I felt that the workplace essentially was compromising basic human needs, right? So health, well-being, and even on a very simple level, things like mobility in a day, you know, mental health, stress, all of these different things. And, you know, even coming back to the fact that when I was there, I was stretching myself. You know, I feel that's an important part of well-being. It's not just about, you know, let's put our feet up and shy away from hard work, you know. Part of how our well-being is improved is that we are stretched and we become better versions of ourselves. So I started looking at how we could satisfy those human needs a little bit more within the workplace. And I felt well-being really did have a lot to offer. But I also felt that well-being was considered a very kind of soft concern, right? It was very much at the margins of an enterprise. It had nothing to do with value generation. And so really my work for the past 20 years, Cara, since that time has been to try and elevate well-being as a more strategic concern within the enterprise. And as you said, you know, I've written a couple of books and I don't think I have all the answers by any means, but I think the question is often the important thing, right? So I think just how can we design a healthier way of working? How can well-being be a more strategic, you know, concern within the enterprise? That's the questions I've been trying to answer since then. Thank you so much. And I'd love to hear a bit more about why you wrote your book, Chief Wellbeing Officer, and also what brought you to write your latest book, The Daily Reset. Sure. Yeah. And that's all part of the journey. I mean, so I'd written some academic texts from graduating. The PhD finished 2003. And that since 2003, actually, I've been living in Spain. And as you can hear, I've completely lost all my Scottish accent, right? I mean, look, I say to people... <laughs> I've lost half of it. Imagine what it was like 18 years ago, right, before I came to live in Spain. Anyway, you know, it was part of the journey. I'd written some books, but then really the first book within the space 
you know, exclusively within my focus on well-being was 2014 it came out, and that was called Sustaining Executive Performance. And that was very much about well-being, but I didn't feel that I had the permission. The time wasn't right. Maybe, hey, maybe I just didn't have the confidence to use the word well-being within the title. So it was about performance, right? And, you know, part of the reason is maybe that influence from the corporate athlete and there's a lot of extensions from the corporate athlete methodology that came out, which meant that peak performance was very much the kind of term that was used when you're looking at a lot of the health and well-being tools that we're even talking about today. When it came to Chief Wellbeing Officer, which was a few years later, I wrote that in the summer of 2017, I felt that time was right. We could use the word well-being and it was about really putting that front and centre. And look, some people have said, you know, there was even a review on Amazon that said this is not, you know, it was a misleading title. You know, it was never supposed to be a call to have a Chief Wellbeing Officer role within an enterprise. That could be one takeaway, which is great. And, you know, some people have got in touch and said, look, that title has inspired me. We've since had that role within the company. I've been interviewed many times on what the role means, what it entails. And that could be one takeaway. But essentially, I just wanted to take that word well-being, which is traditionally soft, and put the two most serious business-oriented words on either side of it, right? And that was chief well-being officer. So that was a real attempt at trying to you know, bring that out of the managerial agenda. The book came out early 2018. The podcast also has been going for a couple of years. And and in that, I just look at cases, right? I just look at within business, what is the evidence that well-being is coming up? That managerial agenda is more to do with value generation. It's not just about kind of risk minimization. The new book, The Daily Reset, is a firm attempt by me to come out of workplace well-being, right? Workplace well-being is still going to be important going forward, It'll still be a lot of my energy and a lot of my work. But I felt that after 20 years looking at how well-being fits within the workplace, I just wanted to kind of spread outside work as well. So the Daily Reset is, you know, it's a real attempt at trying to look at well-being in all parts of life. And a lot of the same themes in the last couple of books. But it's a little bit different in that it's a reflection a day. So there's 366 hacks facts, scientific facts, reflections, memories, all sorts of things that I call nudges that just try and hopefully make a difference to people's well-being each day of the year, right? So it could take people 30 seconds, it could take people two minutes, and they can write in the book as well, and they can make it a journal. So that's the ambition with the new book. Thank you for sharing that. So would you say that it's everything in life sort of intertwined, it's a daily reset wherever you are? Yeah. And we know through the pandemic, there are a lot of memories of my own experience in the pandemic, my own vulnerabilities, my own issues with the health and well-being. And look, and this is, I've been very honest about this the last several years, just because I have a focus on, on teaching well-being and, you know, trying to positively affect people's behavior. It doesn't mean that I live a perfect life. You know, I have my own challenges, my own bad habits, my own areas is a well-being in all dimensions, physical, mental, emotional, you know, it's all, it's an up and down, right? And that's part of life experience. So the Daily Reset really is for, is for everyone and it continues to be my own reference, right? For me, as I live my own life on a daily basis, right? And I think what we've seen in the pandemic is that there's so many blurred lines between working life and home life. You know, we can't separate anymore, right? So I think... I left intentionally some of that ambiguity within the book. So within those 366 
pages, there are exercises, there are things that are very clear, there are things that would just try and provoke people to think and find their own answers. Because often it's not about giving people the answer, it's about giving them the process and the questions by which they can find the answer themselves, right? So again, that's just some more of the intention of the new book. Thank you so much. And well, talking about the experiences people have felt during the pandemic, what do you think are the most important issues affecting modern day workplace, or maybe I should say modern day life? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think the boundaries thing is a big part of it. I think, you know, whatever you want to call it. And I think over the years, as people say, no, you can't call it work-life balance. It has to be work-life integration. I don't think we should be overly concerned about some of the words that we use there, right? But it's about essentially recognizing we have one life. Work is a big part of that, but it shouldn't be 100% of life, right? You should have some element of life and interest and, you know, ups and downs outside the work as well. So I think thinking about your boundaries, resetting the boundaries between work and life is important. And I think redesigning also your habits. So I think what the pandemic has done is forced us off that hamster wheel, right? So we had a set of behaviors and rituals and habits that we followed perhaps for many years. And then the pandemic just threw everything up in the air. And, you know, some people feel the stress of just trying to get back and reestablish those same behaviors that they had before. But I think it's an opportunity just to start afresh. And it could be that, of course, many of the things that we've done before, we take them forward. But I think we really need to give ourselves space to really think about what are the extra things that we might want to implement. And it could be things that we were forced to do during the very initial restricted stages of the pandemic, but which we know there's real value in and we keep them going forward. So I think people just digging into that reflection, you know, thinking about what are their emotional needs, what are their, you know, beyond simple habits and behaviours to ritual. So what are the rituals that they have in terms of their working life and give themselves the permission and the space and the time to kind of redesign those rituals. I think that's one of the most important things for us all going forward. I love that. And yeah, finding a joy in those rituals as well, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, joy is the experience of work, right? You know, it doesn't have to be just suffering, right? Work should be a significant source of joy in our lives and it isn't for enough people, but it could be, right? For sure. So do you have any ideas maybe related to your work for how we can solve these? I know you've mentioned a few, but in other words, what does a work reset revolution look like to you? I think a big thing is culture, Cara. So you've got to have from both sides, right? So you've got to have leaders within an organization who are brave enough to try new things, to experiment with new ways of doing and new ways of working and recognizing that change doesn't happen overnight. So, you know, as people, you know, adopt new processes, new ways of working, that there may be a dip in terms of kind of short-term performance. But I would hope that those leaders would see the increased engagement and positivity from people, that they would stick with those changes, right? And that means just more flexibility, you know, less need for FaceTime or desk time or short-term reporting or whatever it is, just giving people more of that autonomy to work how best they work. So from that top-down part is, is important. And then also from the bottom up, again, bravery is required, but just anyone who works in the enterprise 
not to accept you know, a toxic culture, but just to really try and go to create a movement of some form whereby they call out behaviours from other people that aren't in everyone's interest, they aren't positive, and they really try their best and recognise the power that they have as an individual, right? They build alliances and they just try and get that, that culture moving. So I think that's the big thing, that revolution, I think, it has to come down to how do you create a positive working culture whereby... Yeah, results are still going to come, but people aren't compromising or squeezing their health and well-being while they're trying to get those results. So fantastic. So in other words, would that also be about the people, really? So yeah. understanding that's what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the people that drive culture and, you know, we don't need to accept the culture that we have. I mean, it's not easy, right? If you have a certain set of values or behaviours or habits and then you go to a new organization, for example, and with the great resignation, there's many people that are perhaps changing jobs, then it's very difficult, right? Your environment shapes your own habits and behaviors. But I would like to think that everyone does feel that they have, it's within their power to try and affect change, regardless of the level of the organization in which they operate, right? By the things that they do and the things that they say, you will affect and impact the people around you. And if you can do that positively, then I think we all move forward. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's been a joy talking to you today. And thank you for sharing your valuable knowledge. And what all the listeners, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Work Reset Revolution. I'd like to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation. As a next step, share this episode with anyone that you think may benefit. Follow us on LinkedIn at Softer Success for more inspiration to change the way we work. And contact us at info at softersuccess.com to find out more about our burnout assessment tool. If you have any feedback on how to improve, please do reach out to me as I'm always keen to learn more. Thank you so much for listening and we'll meet again on the next episode of Work Reset Revolution. Thank you.